sure? Uh-huh. Are you ready, Wayne? Ready. back to mom's movie night podcast with your host daniel and my mom nora not <laughs> this week we would like to introduce a reoccurring guest my very own sister my mom's daughter my favorite number one fan of wayne's world vivian yay, yay! so let's tell our listeners this week we are discussing wayne's world, world. Wayne's World, party on, excellent. Wee, 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 wee. <laughs> yes, we are discussing the movie Wayne's World from 1992, starring Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. Yes, Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar. Oh, I love these guys. 1992. It was closer to like 94, 95. Wow. Yep. Go ahead with the synopsis, Mom. So, yeah, this movie um, filmed in Aurora, Illinois. It's a pair of fun-loving metalheads who have their own um, public access channel, and they just refuse to grow up. <laughs> yeah, man. I like this movie because it was, like, them do, uh, using public access, very similar to how people are starting podcasts. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Just to play whoever listens is gonna watch uh you know what i mean and that's kind of what i liked about it you know it's like the podcast before it was even a thing right right which one of you is wayne and which one of you is garth i'm totally wayne yeah obviously garth i'm the 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 shy shy overbite i wish i could play drums though but yeah i'm definitely garth (laughs) you guys got the same hair i just kidding Uh, in this movie, it stars uh, Mike Myers, uh, and uh, just so everyone knows, this is uh, only the second time in the early 90s that um, they did a movie from a Saturday Night Live uh, sketch, right. uh, from a spinoff from a Saturday Night Live sketch. Uh, this was written, and it kind of came up with by Mike Myers. Uh, prior to that, the only Saturday Night Live sketch that they made into a movie was the Blues Brothers. That's right. That was like in the 1980s. Jake and Elwood, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. That's a good movie too. So yeah, so considering that this movie is a Saturday Night Live sketch, uh, this pretty much originated with uh, Mike Myers. Uh, this was one of his first, uh, not first, but this was a sketch of his from back in the day before he was even on Saturday Night Live. 
yeah. uh, when he was on Second City in Chicago. Uh, you know, just kind of looking at the landscape of growing up and some of the people that he like lived around and what he reminded him of his hometown. Uh, he came up with this sketch and in order for him to like make this movie, he had to pair up with Dana Carvey and Saturday Night Live because uh, at first he wanted it to be just like a solo thing uh, because that's how he had it in Second City. But Dana Carvey was arguably like the bigger star, especially in the 1990s, yeah. especially like on Saturday Night Live with all his sketches of like the church lady. I uh, love the church lady. George H.W. <laughs> Bush, you know. So he had already yeah. had a lot of star power. So in order for him to get the sketch on Saturday Night Live, he uh, got with Dana Carvey and, you know, the magic happened. And I think this movie or sorry, or Wayne's World in general, I don't think would be as popular without Dana Carvey. Right, right. And so this movie was written by Mike Myers and a married couple, Bonnie and Terry Turner. Uh, they were writers on Saturday Night Live from 1986 to 1992. And they've since gone on to be major successes in television. They created Third Rock from the Sun and that 70s show. Oh, I loved Third Rock from the Sun. And that 70s show. Those are great. So, yeah. so yeah, so that's just a little bit of background in terms of like how this story kind of came apart. Um, but you know, what are your thoughts, Viv, on the movie and I guess the partnership between Dana Carvey and Mike Myers? First of all, this is probably my all-time favorite movie. Uh, you know, a lot of the 90s ones, even some that we've talked about, you know, like Friday, Clueless and stuff, like they're up there. But Wayne's World, one, and even the second one, I'm not a fan of sequels. Second one was like pretty much up to par with the first one in my book amazing them together is so freaking funny mm -hmm. it's it, it, it kind of does remind me of you guys now that we brought it up. <laughs> what i just mean the way that they get along it's like there's a respect even though there's so much like differences between them and that's kind of like how you guys are because if i was like hosting with mom I'd be like, oh my gosh. I'm just <laughs> But Daniel's always so like cool with you, you know? Right, and that's right. the way that Wayne is kind of with Garth. You know? uh, <laughs> and you know what? And Garth, um, you know, he he uh, had that overbite, right? And um, Dana Carvey was saying that every time he shot, uh, well, during this movie that he would have real bad jaw pain. He would actually have to go home and put ice on his jaw because of the that overbite. <laughs> really? <laughs> <just> the character. <laughs> Not me. I have a, I have a natural overbite. <laughs> always in pain. Yeah. <laughs> True fact. <laughs> when I grew up, I was like maybe around five or six probably when this movie came out, you know, but one of the things that I like vividly remember um, is just like the opening sequence, right, of them driving down the street, headbanging to Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. you know, <laughs> like as a little kid, I just thought that one, that was hilarious, and two, like the song was epic, yeah, the whole 
driving <laughs> the scene was hilarious. And then just the headbanging itself. Like I just remember doing that over and over as a little kid. <laughs> and as a little kid, you could get away with it without it being too painful. Right. But I know even right. uh, doing like the research and just as an adult going to concerts and stuff, like headbanging hurts. <laughs> yeah, but <it> does. <laughs> and um I saw and I read when I was looking into this movie that from doing that scene and then having to do it like over and over in different retakes, like they were like physically in a lot of pain throughout this whole movie. Dana Carvey, <laughs> whiplash like, the, dog, the whiplash, their necks. And that in some scenes, they were even saying how like you could visibly watch it and see some of the takes in which they're like purposely trying not to move their neck at all. <laughs> <laughs> they're just all bowing. <laughs> they're bowing the way they're walking well well, that walk you know how Wayne walks all kind of Neanderthalish he actually um walks that way because of the character that yeah he created in Canada but the the song Bohemian Rhapsody he actually fought hard for that they wanted to get some fucking contemporary song from fucking Guns N' Roses and he's like nah, not just dude. any contemporary song they wanted Welcome to the Jungle yeah. which is a great song in itself but definitely not yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody so yeah, yeah he told him either you get me that song or I'm out of here and yeah they got him the song he really was gonna quit if they didn't get him that song wow so yeah. I mean I listened to a bunch of you know classic rock and stuff in the car my kids don't really know like any current songs we listen to like 60s through like 2000 you know what I mean and so my son knows the words and he knows the song and I was like watch this Noah you're gonna see and you're gonna do this from now on and sure enough when they showed it he started head banging (laughs) Yeah, man, because it catches on, you know? Yeah, it's like the perfect the perfect song to do that to at that perfect part, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, well, iconic. did you know uh, Freddie Mercury died while Wayne's World was in production, although he did get a chance to see uh, a cut of the headbanging scene before he passed away, and that Bohemian Rhapsody, it became a hit again after this movie. It reached second on the Billboard Hot 100 singles charts, and uh, there was a new music video that was released that included included uh, footage from this movie. I so remember it, that. So it's like, bring it back. It was the rise of the Phoenix. <laughs> much like in the, towards the latter 80s, like a lot of people weren't necessarily mm-hmm. listening to Queen as much by that point. And then Queen wasn't even really touring like in the United States yeah. because of like their fandom was kind of dwindled. Like, yeah, and they died. Oh, I love Queen. Oh, they didn't have a singer. Well, no, not even be- even before he died. You know, yeah. they were still primarily like touring like in, in Europe only or whatever. And then yeah, remember when he came, came out in movie that in that Live Aid when um, you know, Freddie Mercury saw Queen. the movie, Mom. Yeah, that's when <laughs> that's when you know they became like they. Like everybody remembered Queen that said they weren't touring and stuff. So when they came out yeah. of the it just resurrected them all over again. And it was like, wow, man, everybody knew the songs and it's pretty cool. Uh, man. Yeah, that yeah, is really cool. I feel like that's what should happen to this movie, though. You know what I mean? Like right? it, should be resurrected, <laughs> it should be played again because this is 1992. Uh-huh. You know, that is like 30, 30 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. That's crazy. Remember Chris Farley in the movie? Yeah. 
He was the the fucking security the guard or whatever. Or yeah, that giving him directions yeah, to Mr. Big. Yeah, <laughs> that was his film debut. It was the first time he oh, came to a movie. Yeah. Oh, we got to get Farley. Uh, his Farley movie in season four. Ain't no shit, huh? Remember when he goes to the guitar store and he wants to play the guitar, and the guy goes, "No, stay away." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I was. I had uh, told Daniel that one time we were listening to Pandora on my TV, right? Mm -hmm. And it was on my Beatles Pandora station. And then the song wasn't playing and it was like loading and it had the circle loading. And in front of it, it was like, this, it said loading behind it it's like stairway to heaven led zeppelin so angie walks in and he was like no stairway denied but <laughs> <laughs> it was like a perfect joke <laughs> to put it on facebook because that doesn't happen that often and i have to like memorialize it when he's like genuinely cracks me up <laughs> yeah that's good stuff and i also like the part where they put on uh, patrick uh, robert patrick that appears as a t-1000 in wayne's world the cop oh yeah <laughs> when they're doing the weird opening the doors and yeah and, and it's funny stuff. because when they did that actually terminator was burly on the screens in the usa so it was oh, yeah. like <laughs> they yeah. saw him twice the t1000 when we were younger you know when we used to come to tucson all the time and we were in helen's oh, yellow yeah. storm and we would yeah. come here like <laughs> the cassette tape that we listened to like non-stop was the soundtrack oh, remember? to <laughs> remember that Oh I just so he was like, How do you know this song? When it's like feed my Frankens. It wasn't it popular? I'm like, kind of, but we listened to it like over and over. Over like and on over a road trip. on a four-hour road trip. <laughs> and then we used to remember when we would get to the house, when we would get to her street, and it'd be like eleven o'clock at night, everybody would be all like getting ready for bed, and then we'd crank up the radio full blast, lower all the windows, and then and then turned into her street with all the Frank with Dallas Cooper jazz in the Cooper. background. <laughs> I love his iconic appearance in this film. I like it when he starts lecturing um, the history of Milwaukee. Oh, it's Milwaukee. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Algonquin for land. And Mike Myers originally wanted um the song I'm 18 or School's Out for the movie, but the 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 manager for uh Alice Cooper said, nah, dude, this is our new album. He's gonna do Alice, he's gonna do uh Beat My Frankenstein. And it turned out to be good. I love yeah. Alice Cooper. I've seen him like fucking five, six times already. Really? Yeah, he used to come all the time. He's well, I saw him too, like um, with Jonathan. Uh, Spinal Tap episode, listeners. <laughs> uh, Shout out to yeah, Jonathan. We, I saw that one with him, and uh, yeah, man, it was very. It was such a fun show because it was like a rock opera. Like he had like mm -hmm. like such cool stage presence. Like the stage looked really awesome, yeah. and he was uh, with Marilyn Manson. So nice. It was like such a cool concert. But even then, being there, that I always felt like that yeah. <laughs> but even when I was there, though, I was thinking, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. 
So did you know that Tia Carrera, Cassandra, Swing, Swing, she turned <laughs> on a role on Baywatch to make this movie. Oh man! Yeah, she actually does all her all the singing in this movie. No way! Yeah, she sings, and get this, she's the lead singer of the Crucial Taunt. That's the name of the band, right? So she did all the singing herself. She's um, she's also get this, she's no slouch. She actually won two Grammys for Best Hawaiian Music Album. No fucking way. I thought she was lip syncing. <laughs> no, it's actually I mean, her. You know, the only thing that I thought was believable on her was when she would like wail like, what? I hated the wailing. I hated the wailing. I didn't like the wailing at all. <laughs> she's doing the ballroom list you know you know like, how i i watch everything with captions on and it's like rock and roll way <laughs> there's something about her wailing that i just can't stop oh yeah it said head exploding whale <laughs> that's what it said on the caption <laughs> I, there's just that chick could really wail me <laughs> yeah i just oh when she would wail it just like <laughs> You know, I'm like, nah, dude. Give me some Don Jet or something else, you know? Like, nah, dude. But, but I can get right. down with the Ballroom Blitz, though. That one was awesome. Oh, that's a great <laughs> song, you know? Just even hearing it, like, not on the movie, if that just played on the... Like the regular version? Yeah. Well, she actually was so good at doing the Ballroom Blitz that it came out in the album, the actual uh, soundtrack. I know. We listened to it a million times. Well, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, let's give some other actors some uh, some of their credit and their due, right? So Rob Lowe, who plays Benjamin Oliver, uh, <laughs> he was in this movie, and this was kind of a resurrection of his career in the early '90s. Even though he was like a huge like pop star in oh, the yeah. 1980s, The Outsiders, and he did oh my god, he's handsome, handsome Rob Lowe. He did a lot of fucking movies. When Garth is telling Wayne why Cassandra wouldn't like him, like he's rich and he's all doing this and this, and Wayne's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like that yeah, when they go to his apartment, <laughs> and he's going like through the facts. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, "Buy cable show and exploit them." He's like, "I feel sorry for those guys." <laughs> <laughs> I love Garth. I love him. I love him. But he played like the perfect like villain in this movie. You know what I mean? Because of how handsome he was and how cool he was, and, and successful. just and successful compared to like how dorky and like they're doofus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought that was like perfect casting. <laughs> yeah, he's for good. sure. For sure. And then his like sidekick, what's his name? Russell or what's the guy's name? Oh, the yeah, one. Yeah. And then like at first he's like all about like trying to like fuck them over. And then at the end he like becomes one of them. Yeah. <laughs> he's all homies with all the crew and shit. <laughs> I loved that for him. I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the things that my mom was talking about was in regards to like how much uh, Mike Myers like fought to kind of make this movie uh, how we wanted it, right? But 
there are like claims out there and arguments that even though he was like fighting hard for this movie, he was also kind of yeah, like a little bit dramatic on set for sure. Yeah, man, it, oh, they yeah? filmed this movie in 34 days. That's how long it took to make this movie. And yet, oh man, he was like the diva in persona. Really? So, yeah, he was very difficult to work with. The director, Penelope. So was that his prime? He was like <laughs> thinking he was like all the shit and stuff. So he thought he could get away with anything he wanted. But he didn't even know. That was like the beginning of the Mike Myers explosion. I wonder how that happened. Anyway, well, exactly. sorry, continue. So the director, Penelope Sphere, she was kind of like, it was like one of her first directorial debuts also. And this movie was one of the highest grossing films ever by a woman directing. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, she was the one that was kind of having the hardest time, obviously, with Mike Myers, mm-hmm. because not only was he the actor, the main actor, because the writer, but too. he was the writer, and he was always kind of changing the script, mm-hmm. kind of trying to incorporate more jokes. She would give him direction. He would kind of fight her in terms of whether or not people would think it was funny. Um, so that was just kind of interesting to hear uh, just how, you know, dramatic that would be to the point to where they kind of almost they weren't really talking after the movie for a while yeah. up until she saw like Austin Powers and just realized like, oh, he's just a comedic genius. He could be as much of a douche as he wants to be. You know what I mean? And, like, I guess he has this process. Yeah. But I mean, you can't deny like how hilarious he is, mm-hmm. how talented he is in terms of knowing like what he wants because i mean like you said from the when we did the austin powers episode you know we did a lot of research on that and how that franchise was successful how the shrek franchise was successful Mm -hmm. and even how you said like austin power i mean um wayne's world 2 is arguably just as good as wayne's world 1 yeah for sure i think that has a lot to do with like mike myers and you know, geniuses are going to be freaking complicated from time <laughs> like to time. Like, I like, I like the part. You know, like Kanye. <laughs> in the movie, in the movie, when they're chilling at the airport and they're on top of the Mirth Mobile, and then fucking Garth, they, they improvised all those scenes because they're just like shitting the breeze, right? And they're like, when Garth that asked him, "Do you think Bugs Bunny is more attractive when he's dressed as a girl bunny?" <laughs> <laughs> And I could literally oh picture Bugs Bunny's because they're my favorite. And I can literally see the fe- fucking female Bugs Bunny all sexy and shit, the way he walks and, you know, oh my God. It That's is- funny that it was improvised now that you told me that because that is just such a random fucking thing to say to her. Like, <laughs> if I was chilling with my homie and they said that, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I love Bugs Bunny as a girl. <laughs> she is sexy. Oh my god, it's hilarious. But yeah, they they I, this movie was hilarious. It really was, and the soundtrack is awesome. awesome. So things that I've taken from watching it, you know, for the millionth time, is that you know now I I watch TikToks or whatever and there's some TikToks that are like what is a line from a movie that you always say like no matter what that nobody ever gets and the one that I always say is from this movie and it's anytime Mm -hmm. somebody is named Anthony I'm like who's Anthony who's Anthony my drummer 
I don't know why I always have that. And anytime somebody's named Anthony, that's what I say. And it's funny because Jackie says that too, like twin power. Like I don't even know how that happens, but that's something she says too. Well, every time someone says uh when when it's someone's birthday you know what I mean like I don't know why but I just have this weird image of Mike Myers singing happy birthday <laughs> Mr. President <laughs> you know what I mean like it's just weird that's the same scene that I'm talking about yeah I know it's the same scene but it's just like <laughs> one of those things where it's like every time I see that I just think of like not actual hot, sexy Marilyn Monroe singing it, yeah. but like weird Mike, Mike Myers in his underwear, his underwear <laughs> singing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's so strange, but yeah. Or even when you listen to like Jim, um, again Jimi Hendrix, you know, Foxy, oh, yeah. Foxy. You just imagine fucking Garth with his little fingers, like he's all like, thrusty. <laughs> Thrusting all crazy. Thrusting all crazy. But is when he starts thrusting, he looks down like confused, but then he's like, wait. I like yeah, this. And then he gets yeah, all into it. yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's funny. And I just love the fact that it's from a jukebox, you know, because you don't see jukeboxes anymore. You know I mean? And at the end, he's like, I love you, dream woman. <laughs> so that girl, that beautiful lady is donna dixon who just so happens to be dan Aykroyd's wife what? wow oh, that bitch? yeah holy man. shit dan Aykroyd. damn you can wow i'm man. impressed yeah, yeah, yeah and um so yeah so there's like a few snl mm-hmm. uh connections here obviously from you know garth and wayne but um noah Noah's Arcade, right? That actor is uh, Bill Murray's brother. Oh, he kind of looks like him. Yeah, I didn't know that either till Danny mentioned it. I was like, oh shit, he does look like him. Yeah. He's been in a lot of other movies. I'm surprised. I didn't know that fact. The thing that I remember like most, most vividly is swing. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. to this day, when I see like my home girls like looking hot on Facebook I always put a gif of that swing like when he's at the bar swing 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 I'll die on this hill (laughs) 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 yeah swing that's something iconic people you know still use that to this day swing um but it had such funny scenes and like I remember as a kid, I didn't get it. And then it wasn't until I was older that I got it when he was like, a sphincter says, what? <laughs> you know, he's like, <laughs> that was so funny when I got it. But as a kid, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, to me, it brought back a lot of memories back in the 80s. Like, that's how we used to hang out with you know i remember hanging out with this guy who used to drive a gremlin and um he was like danny get and it was so weird because like yeah we would go to concerts we'd all fucking pile into these little cars and go up the street basically i mean you could actually walk to the concerts back in the day because they weren't far away you know but everybody would fucking haul ass and and like it was weird because like yeah, we saw Liz Cooper at the barn uh, 
at least four or five times back in the 80s. He was always coming into town. And um, just the way people dressed, the way they talked, I mean, it all reminisced, you know? It was all like, that's the way we, that's the way we rolled. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about uh, his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend, Stacy. Oh my gosh. Get a fucking clue, bitch, for real. <laughs> when, he, when he gives it, when she gives him the gun rack, and he was like, I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns, to necessitate an entire rack. <laughs> she, does, she just doesn't get it, huh? It's so Pobrecita, this character in that whole storyline is actually based off of a real ex-girlfriend that Mike Myers actually had. Damn, in- he knew an IRL psycho host beef. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the line that she particularly was hurt by the most when <laughs> I said it. Because, yeah, man, apparently, like, she, this girl really gave Mike Myers a gun rack kind of like as a joke, but he even didn't really think it was like that funny. And like, they didn't get back mm-hmm. together like at all. And she didn't know obviously about, you know, it being on the movie or anything until she like saw it. And then she was <laughs> like, Oh my God, like that's me essentially. You know what I mean? And to the point that Mike Meyer even had to like call like his ex like years later or whatever to kind of like try to apologize, you know. But it was wow, just, like, that, that is crazy, so dude? funny. But it's one of those things, you know, like especially as comedians, you take what's happened to you in real life and kind of make jokes about it, you know. And it does happen. Like you go to a place and then there they are, and they're like, "Don't make eye contact," you know, and that's the first <laughs> thing you do. Yeah, that yeah, bitch was fucking crazy for real she was pretty funny like as far as her character i was falling everywhere and tripping you know what i mean and (laughs) getting hit by car well hitting cars yeah Yeah. (laughs) she's like hi wings they're like game on (laughs) playing hockey in the street (laughs) that's something we also used to do as kids when we used to play in the street i still do that (laughs) across the street in period Game on. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and... We're going to go ahead and play the celebrity net worth game. Due to the fact that we've already done Austin... Sorry, uh, Mike Myers from the Austin Powers I don't episode. remember how much he was worth. Remember? Yeah, he was worth a lot. He was worth a lot for sure. Oh, I remember he was from listening i think it was like a hundred or something because of shrek like it was up there it was high yeah yeah but this movie itself it was a 20 million budget it made 183 million um it was the second highest uh grossing film in 1992 i didn't get who was the first one (laughs) probably terminator probably (laughs) i wouldn't doubt it uh, so in regards to uh, Mike Myers, uh, he has a net worth of two hundred million dollars. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, so but now he could get that Fender. 
he's like i got 200 million dollars got 200 million dollars you know they get the checks and they're all like going into the yeah. place and they're like we got five thousand dollars <laughs> oh my god so we'll go ahead and do his co-star dana carvey Oh man. Vivian, you can go ahead and go first. How much do you think Dana Carvey is worth? He hasn't done a lot of stuff recently. Mm-hmm. The Master of Disguise did pretty well, I think. Was that the name of that movie? Yeah. He's yeah. like, turtle, turtle. Um, I'm going to say 15. I'll uh-huh. say 8 million. Zoe wants to guess. Um, I'm going to guess. 10 million. Correct answer is 20 million. Wow. That's wow. good. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. All right. He does a lot of stand up, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he still does stand up, but he'll definitely do That's cool. more stand up nowadays for sure. Uh, what about Rob Lowe? Oh, Rob Lowe's oh, still man. on TV. He is still on TV. And he's a spokesman. He's a lot of stuff. system or some shit. Oh, yeah? Yes. I'm going to say 40. I'm going to say 60. 60 million dollars. 50. Correct answer is 100 million dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Like mom said, he definitely had a lot of money from, like, obviously the 80s, from Parks and Rec. Uh, from other TV shows on oh, top of like his nutrition system stuff, and yeah, you know, just doing pretty well. A hundred million dollars, he he bit okay. wrong. Mike Myers movie, evil yeah. <laughs> after evil. <laughs> so yeah, so a hundred million Rob Lowe, that needs to hot looking too, man. Yeah, the hottie. Yeah, you so, hit it, mom. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Man, when I first saw him in Outsiders, I was like, oh my God. Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. So, Vivian, how would you rate this movie? Fucking 10. <laughs> I know you rate to five, I give it a 10. <laughs> it's just got so many good quotes. Like, Andrew always quotes. And I'm like, hey, I want to show you something or something. He's always says, if it's a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. Or something <laughs> like every time. Like, it's just got so many good one liners. Classic. It will never, you know, we've, we've talked about other movies or not we, you guys. <laughs> well, us too. Like, we've talked about other movies that, like, the humor would never fly like in today's like yeah. world. You know what I mean? Right, but this right. is timeless. It is funny no matter when you watch it, who's watching it. You know, my yeah. kids were watching it. We were cracking up, you know, like it's yeah. just comedy well, at its finest. It's funny that you say that because um, this movie, what makes it funny is that it does a lot of like pop culture references. Oh, yeah. But- when he does remember... When he does the, when uh, he's the talking ads? about selling out, yeah. and he's like, you need the Doritos. <laughs> People are <laughs> and he's drinking the Pepsi. They get paid. 
and it's really sad and he's like all like head to toe like fucking what is it Reebok or something <laughs> it's so funny and it's the taste of a new generation and you see the old ass fucking Pepsi can you're like what the hell like kids don't know that that was Pepsi before you know what right. I mean I don't think it right. said Pepsi I think it was just the logo yeah exactly you know what I mean like that part was but, so yeah funny. that's what they mean about Sally now to our yeah. America <laughs> because everything is all funny <laughs> Like an ad in the fucking movie. <laughs> it was good. I like that. I like that scene when they did all the commercials. It was like, oh my He's god, like, little yellow, different. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's good stuff. But not even that. Like when they were, because yeah, they obviously that, but also. Um, going back to what you're saying like a lot of people could connect with it and you know it's really funny it doesn't matter like the time frame but no. in reality like especially when they played this movie like in like european theaters and stuff like that and like worldwide there was a big disconnect with a lot of the pop culture references for example like with the whole thalman and louis sketch like in france like no one oh, yeah. had any idea like what was going on and like why that was even there you know what i mean so mm -hmm. there are things that are specifically like american which is funny because you know yeah dana uh, dana carvey sorry <laughs> and uh mike myers are canadian you know what i mean so or, or like what about the fucking scooby-doo endings at the end <laughs> like i don't know if that was they like had, a thing yeah they had like two you know what i mean they're probably like well, what is this ending all about you know <laughs> yeah but oh time out what about fucking al bundy who's the owner of the donut shop <laughs> i loved al bundy <laughs> I loved him. That was such a funny random character. <laughs> it was. And that was based off of like a real hockey um, player yeah. who owned like his own chain of like restaurants or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And then it was going to be. And then the officer where he makes that pig joke. It's like oh, yeah. an inside uh, joke about like a coach who once called like a, like a ref or somebody a pig or something like that. So like. The name of that cop was the name of a coach who used. Oh wow! Yeah, yes. I didn't know that. I had to explain the joke to the kids. Yeah, it's I was like, like pause, and I'm like, it's because pigs and cops, you know. Yeah. And then I press play, and then he explains it. Oh, I get it. Cops, <laughs> pigs, bacon. And I, was like, <laughs> I just like paused it to tell them about it because I was I knew they weren't gonna get it. You know, yeah, they, the joke. But then it said it. Like, oh yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> How would you rate this movie, Mom? This one, I would rate it myself. I would rate it a four, only Shut because. The fuck up. Yeah. Get out of my house. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I watch a lot of movies, and yeah, I mean, this one was ninety two. I was already like, you know, back in the days. My my Michael Meyer moment was back in 1980, you know. That's when I grew up watching concerts and all this stuff. So this was a little bit further, like, after the fact, you know. So I kind of watched it in the sense that I've seen it 
seen it all, done it all kind of thing, you know? So it wasn't as funny. It was funny, but not like um, historically funny to me. Oh my gosh. I'm going to like listen to all y'all's podcasts and find the ones that you said that were a five. And then I'm going to give you a detailed reason why this is better than those. <laughs> yeah, you were giving fives out like candy there for I second. was. I know. I Some was. of them were unwarranted in my book. But this is a five all the way. <laughs> Daniel, what do you think? I give it a five for sure. Uh, just because it is really quotable um especially for it being in like the early 90s like i said i probably watched this when i was like five or six and i just thought it was like really funny um the whole premise of these two guys you know what i mean that are just making a tv show um but they're like rock and roll and then you know they're into like hot babes you know <laughs> and uh super like relatable and then you yeah. watch you know wayne's world too and like you said that one was just as good so God, i just so feel funny. like the whole ensemble, the the soundtrack, um, the jokes, and considering the jokes compared to like um, Austin Powers, like Austin Powers is very like raunchy, you know what I mean? Like it's very yeah. really, like sexually, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? But this is like classic clean comedy, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? And like it's just good for the whole family. Yeah, and and it's just Hope one of these. Fun. Uh, movies that but I you just gotta get the jokes exactly but they're clever but you have to kind of know like I said like the, the references the pop culture at the time to kind of appreciate it um like one of the things that I really liked about it is uh I I would probably argue that I probably like Garth probably a little bit more than I like Wayne you know what I mean just because of how like like nerdy like Garth is, you know what I mean? Where he's talking about like uh, how he gets all excited about how he's going to uh, get Mr. Big to watch the video feed. And he's like, I'll go ahead and like get the satellite and bounce it off this and blah, blah, blah. And he gets yeah. all excited and then his dog walks in. And he's like, who's here? You know, and it's like the dog's all like looking exactly like him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so Garth, Garth basically, um, uh, Dana Carvey uh, made this character like uh, he his brother, his brother was a genius. He's an engineer, whatever. And when he was brother was young, he used to do all sorts of little like things that would amaze his family. They were like, how'd you get that to work? You know, and he would be like, oh, just simple, you know? And so he based his character of his brother, whose his brother's name is Brad and he's a genius. And so he based it really? off of him. And um, yeah, just, like all that computer stuff and how he's gonna bounce that. Oh, okay, that makes that. sense. Yeah, he. You gets know what? I will brother. agree with you. The first movie, I liked Wayne better. The second one, I loved Garth, but he had more of a backstory, you know, in the second one. Yeah. But, I mean, they're just hilarious characters. It's yeah. Well, the sequel was. Uh, it was released two years after the original. And that one had a fucking budget. It doubled. It was forty million, and it only made seventy-two million in box office. Yeah, because they had to fucking pay for Heather Locklear, yep. Aerosmith. Yeah. Fucking, uh, what's her name? But no, no. It's, is it Claudia Schiffer? Kim no, Basinger. who was the Kim, Kim Basinger. Basinger? Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's where the fucking budget went. You know? That's right. But this movie is, as we said, one of our uh, all-time favorites, especially for being like a millennial, right? That grew up in the <laughs> 90s. You know, this is kind of, I would argue, an all-time classic. Maybe past your primes if you're Gen <laughs> X over here. I know. You know? <sighs> <laughs> but I did appreciate the fact that Alice Cooper was in this movie, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And do that in for this you. This guy know how to party or what? <laughs> I, know, right? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, we're not worthy. Anyway, yeah, this movie was good. It was good. I loved it. So, that being said, any last words, Vivian? This is all I got to say. Zang. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent in Cantonese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, what's that? When they're ordering the Chinese food? The, the... Oh, he's like, I'll have the cream of some young guy. <laughs> I use that all the time too, by the way. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. <laughs> oh my god. I'll always remember that line because of you guys. <laughs> you kids would just laugh at this all the time. It's hilarious. It's so funny. How many Every don't. time I would order fucking Chinese, you would always scream that. It was like, yeah. Yeah, I still do that. <laughs> well on that note ladies and gentlemen we appreciate you listening to this episode we have uh many out there make sure you go back and listen to our um episodes all the ones with vivian in them clueless friday right so friday yeah so awesome powers awesome powers so when you get a chance make sure you go back and check it out Viv, we appreciate you wearing the merch. Thank you very much. For those of you that um, listened to our prior episodes, we just want to say thank you very much for listening to us for a whole year. Yes. It's been our year anniversary since we put out a podcast uh, or our first podcast. And so we are very grateful for all the support that we've got thank from you, thank you. friends, family, from people yeah. that have, uh, you know, have never met us, but have just been listeners and for uh, following us on <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Instagram Facebook. Facebook. So we really appreciate Apple it. Podcast. Keep, um, you know, listening. keep listening, keep checking out our social media sites. We really appreciate it. Go back and check out Wayne's World. And uh, if you haven't, make sure you look at the schedule for season three. We are going to be discussing the movie Life. Life. Next time. Eddie Murphy. I can't wait to watch that. Martin Lawrence. I, I love Martin Lawrence. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you go in and uh, rate this movie yourselves on yes. the Spotify app. So, we got a couple fives for... Um, Step Brothers. So thank Yay. you very much for those of you that uh, rated it and agreed with what we thought as well. 
Oh, one of my favorite episodes of y'all's. That was so funny. <laughs> Olivia, shout out to Olivia. You're hilarious, you. boo. Okay, so that being said, we're going to be out. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. She's a fox. In France, she would be called Lara Nard, and she would be hunted with only her cunning to protect her. She's a babe. She's a robo-babe. In Latin, she would be called Babia Majora. If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? No. <laughs> no. Okay, okay, keep looking up! Okay.